Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, August 17th, 2020. What's going on? How are you? How you doing? How's it going? The world is opening up, man. I got the fucking playoffs on. Playoffs! I got the pl- hockey playoffs on in the background. St. Louis Blues and the Vancouver Canucks going into overtime. Overtime. I've been watching all the fucking hockey I possibly can watch with two kids under the age of four. Uh, obviously watching my Boston Bruins. Uh, great victory over Carolina. Fun series so far there. 2-1. Um, Tuka Rask, man, that was like the big thing. He was just like, yeah, this is boring and blah, blah, blah. It's not real hockey and that type of stuff. Then I found out his wife was pregnant. He wanted to spend time with her. I get it, man. Come on. You know, what are you going to do? You know, fucking play hockey, you know, and, and, uh, with, with no crowd during a fucking pandemic. You got a kid coming, you know, I don't know. Whatever. He, he helped win us a cup. I'm good with that guy. He comes back. I got no fucking problem with it. I'm sure there's going to be some hotheads out there. But there's always hotheads. There's always people flipping out. Jesus Christ. Is that... What the fuck is that guy's name? Elias Peterson is the whitest dude I've ever seen in my fucking life. Jesus Christ. Um, Hitler wouldn't even believe that there could be somebody that white. What <laughs> the fuck? Um, and by the way, I got to tell you something. Uh, these fucking dudes in the NHL were obviously still practicing because some of the goals that I have seen, like, I know I grew up watching some great players, but the fucking level of sniper that it seems like the average player is, I mean, there's barely the goaltender, barely any space. And they had just top corner fucking left and right but right you know between the body and the arm god forbid they got to go east west with their fucking arms like they're trying to like they jumped off a fucking i don't know one of those gymnasts when they jump up in the air and they get their body together so they can do the little spin around thing sorry that was one of those examples where i didn't know the name of anything i was trying to describe it really just went off the rails but i've been enjoying uh the calgary flame series has been a great one. There's a couple of really good matchups where you got like the, uh, you know, the finesse team playing the physical team. So Calgary being physical, Dallas being more of the, uh, you know, the, the goal scoring team. And I love when the goal scoring team starts pushing back, you know, as a fucking, you know, a little kid who was born with orange hair, you know, you definitely, there's always the, uh, the more physical team's going to win. And I, you, you live vicariously through them, you know, Dallas Stars have, have had enough getting bullied by the Calgary Flames. They started pushing back in this, uh, this last game. Lucic's line is on fire, former fucking Boston Bruins, so I love watching him playing well. Um, he looks like he's having a great time out there. Who else is going on? The old fucking creamsicles got the number one in the fucking East, got their goddamn orange and white dick stepped on the other day. Five to nothing last I saw, and then they came back and they beat the hated Habs. That's just an enjoyable series either way. Just watching them both fucking, you know, I don't know. Somebody's going to lose. Either way, that's going to be fun. Not like I really hate the Flyers. It's just, I don't know. You know, Philly fans, they always fucking, any sort of daylight, they start running their yaps like they've won something. I don't know, I don't know what their deal is, but um, who else? Who else have I been watching? I basically have been watching, I haven't seen much of the Flyers uh, Canadian series, but and, and I haven't seen any of Avalanche 
Coyotes. But other than that, I pretty much watched everything. Uh, and I've been watching it with my son. You know, I'm trying not to do any TV time. But if he's looking at the TV and there's playoff hockey on, I mean, I got to let him do it, right? Um, he, by the way, is awesome, man. Like, he, I already can tell, is super, super smart like his sister. He's got this way of crying, and then he looks at you like, like, really? Like, he's, he's like, like, how do you not understand what I'm trying to tell you? And it's, like, really making me listen to him. And being like, oh, you want me to sh- shift you over? Is that a, I need to burp cry? Need your diaper changed? You know? And uh, I'm somewhere in like the last week of watching playoff hockey. Because what I do is I have that little horseshoe pillow. And I sit on one of those exercise balls. And I just bounce it up and down with them. That keeps them happy, right? And I don't know what happened. Because he's given, like he loves his mom. Loves her. Absolutely loves her. Cannot, cannot get enough of her. Me, he's just kind of looking at me like, he just kind of his eyebrows had moved like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> so, um, in like the last, I don't know, I've probably watched like five hours of hockey in the last couple of days, I swear to God. And I've just had him, you know, take it whenever I have a shift because the games have been on all day long, which has been fucking great. So uh, we've just been hanging out, and I've caught him. I caught him, like, during the second day, just looking up at me. And I looked down at him, and he gave me this big smile. And now it's just like, and then that was it. We just bonded. He was just like, all right, I like this guy. This guy's cool. He, he bounces up and down. I go to sleep. I wake up. He's still there. He's still smiling. He changes my diaper. This guy's cool. He's not the smartest guy. Takes him a minute for him to figure out what I'm trying to tell him. But he, it's it's been like a really... Uh, cool thing i kind of forgot you know like the baby just immediately bonds with the mom with the breastfeeding and all that and then the dad you just sort of like you know you're sort of an extra you know you're a reoccurring player uh like on a sitcom or some shit there's that fucking cunt in the blues uh some of these blues i just look at their i respect them they want a cup and everything but jesus christ look at their faces i'm just like oh my god why did we trade away all our tough guys if any team needs to get fucking punched in the face. It's this team. And I'm really fascinated by this series right now because it's uh, Vancouver's up two zip, two games to none, just like the Bruins were. And I'm just going to, you know, they've gotten a little more rough in this game, I'm assuming. Um, I missed the, I saw the first period. No, I'm sorry. I saw right in the second period when uh, Vancouver scored. So we shall see what happens. And I, um, you know, I had to put my lovely daughter to bed and all that stuff. And, and the last two nights, I went out and I did my first two stand-up spots since this fucking thing all started. I did a show, uh, the people in the belly room, you know, the comedy store put together a show at the, uh, at the, in the, the parking lot of the Magic Castle right here in Hollywood. And uh, I did a show last night. Oh, my God. And I had not, you know, I haven't done my act since like March 10th. So, and I'm trying to think, like, what the fuck am I going to talk about? I have no idea. You know, started listening to my act. I had one bad recording of it, and it was one of those nights where I was just fucking riffing and shit, so it really wasn't my act. So I go up on stage. It's like this wooden thing that they put together, some Christmas lights on it and shit, and everybody's in their cars, and they got these little clacker things that sound like fucking locusts. 
which were really fucking annoying the first night. You know, because it was just weird. Like, what is this? Sounds like jazz snapping fingers or some shit. Like I'm in some beatnik coffee house in the village back in the 60s, you know, when stand-up was first getting going, right? As far as, like, after the Borscht Belt guys getting going, right? So um, I go up on stage, and I'm sort of, you know, I get the initial laughs. The fuck am I doing in a parking lot? You know, bullshit, trying, trying to get my feet underneath me, just trying to see if anything comes to me. So um, nothing was coming to me, so I just, you know, I just went to my old tried and true. You know, I just started trashing women. <laughs> That's just not what I want to do. I want to get away from that. So I, I start doing this bit about women, you know, who's smarter and that type of shit. And, you know, you know, it starts going down that road, right? And uh, so I do what I used to do. I butter up the women to get them all fucking going. And then I fucking hit them with the overhand left, right? So I do that, and all of a sudden, this woman, I swear to God, sticks her head out her fucking car window like Ace Ventura. Just starts yelling up at the stage. I can barely see her because people got their headlights on and shit, and she's just going, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And she won't stop through the whole bit, right? So I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah, you must have been on the debating team. I'm just breaking her balls or whatever. And then I hear this guy voice go yeah fuck you buddy starts doing that i go wait a minute i go are you with her he's like yeah i go take your fucking balls out of her out of her purse before she bends you over the sink when you get home tonight right you know the usual the usual sunshine that i bring so uh i continue with the joke and i swear to god the car backed up and they drove away (laughs) And two other cars drove away, too. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, as they're doing it, like, I'm in my head going, my first thought was, like, I know I'm on last. Have I gone over? I feel like I I just got up here. Are they going to get in trouble? That was my first thought. And then I realized I was like, and I said to the people, I was like, are they leaving? And they're like, yeah, they're flicking their lights and shit. And I was just... uh, one of the few times in my comedy career and like, I don't know, in a long time, I was just like speechless. I just, I, I really thought, or I guess I was hoping that this white woman fucking act was going to be done. And we could actually get to the truly oppressed people, people of color that started the woke movement. But nope, they picked right up where they left off. And, um, you know, I finished my set. I didn't have a, I really did not have a good set. And also in defense of the people who drove away is like a lot of my shit is sort of, I lead you down one way and then I, you know, make you think one thing. And then I say something, you know, it's, it's a joke. You can't know where it's going. So, but there's a rhythm to it and you have to know what comes next once you piss them off. And I was trying to remember it. I was searching so it was fucking up the timing. So they got pissed. But to drive away, it's like, really? I, 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 how fucking old are you? So I came home after the set, and I just was like, I was like depressed. Where I was just like, all right, I get it. I'm the older comic now. And I get that younger people aren't going to understand me. But like, it's not that they don't understand you. 
it's that they're getting offended. Like, it's like they're acting like they're old and you're some young punk up there, like fucking shooting heroin into your arm. And all I'm doing is telling a fucking joke. So it was really like depressing and just, you know, just a lot of this shit that's been going on on Twitter, watching fucking the ignorance of comedians on social media, like attacking other comedians, um, you know, over shit that nobody involved in the argument was even there. So I don't really know what is going on, but it's just like, guys, like you're literally playing into the hands of people that are trying to censor us. They've, they've divided us. And now it's like, you don't trash other fucking comics. You can get their phone number. You got to fucking beef with them, have it out with them. Right. I mean, admittedly, I've made fun of a few comedians tweets, but like, I, I, I'm not trying to end their fucking career. Um, so anyway, uh, just that whole fucking thing where it's just like this ever since this whole fucking shit, it's like it's just gone so far beyond what it was supposed to be about. And this stuff is just literally it's like not fun anymore. It used to be fun like to to. You know, go up there and just have thoughts and just say them. And just have a good time and everybody knew you were just fucking around and it was fun to watch other comics catch a zone and to see these moments and shit happen. You know, people heckled, you got it in, into it with people, but there wasn't like this whole like political fucking politicized like uh, we need to end your career now because of this joke vibe that is like it's literally undoing. In a way, like, you know, people went to jail so you could go up and do what you're doing. And now um, so-called open-minded people are, are like undoing it. It's fucking, but it's really bizarre. So I came home, right? And I don't have any like cigars in the house. I don't drink anymore. I'm not a fucking drug user, you know? So, I mean, as far as like illegal ones, you know, so I fucking... Uh, I came home like some sad person on prom night and I, I fucking made a frozen pizza that sucked. I ate the whole thing and had a fucking root beer. <laughs> I woke up to the morning and I felt like shit. And uh, Josh Adam Myers asked me, he goes, you coming down again tonight? And I was just like, yeah, I'm coming down. I'm going to come back. I got to go back down. I can't end on that one. And I had already talked to another buddy of mine who's actually kind of stopped doing stand-up. He's just like, I just don't want to deal with live crowds. I want to write scripts. I just don't, I don't want to deal with live crowds anymore. I mean, this is literally conversations like people are having. It's fucking crazy. So I say, fuck it. Let me get back on the horse. So tonight I went down there and I actually found a, a recording for my act in December. And a lot of it was holiday shit, so it didn't quite work. But just to listen to my act a little, I listened to it. And I was like, all right, so I kind of know what I'm going to start with. And I went up there, and tonight I fucking killed. And I had a great set, and I was used to the clacking thing. And I just did two sets and two nights, and I feel like I'm a fucking 100 feet tall. I was making people laugh. I was fun. I was silly. Like last night, I think I was just a little walled off, and just what I was saying was bad. And I got into it with that chick in the car. And I, I just, I don't, I, that's not what I want to do. <laughs> I don't want to make people leave the show. I don't mind pissing you off, but I mean, in the end, you know, I bring it around, I make you laugh, but I, I just, I fucking hate doing that. Um, 
So um, I ended up having a fucking great set tonight. And uh, so I came home and I wasn't going to do my podcast tonight. And I come home and, you know, my poor wife had to listen to me bitching last night. So I came home. I was like, I fucking crushed. I had a great set. I'm psyched. I go, I'm so psyched. I don't even, do, even want to do my podcast. You know, I had such a great set. It's like, I don't want to fucking, I don't want to fuck it up. I want to sit down and eat a bowl of cereal and hang out with you. And she's just like, oh, I thought you were going to do your podcast. (laughs) And I was like, do you like not like me anymore or whatever? She goes, no, I'm just sort of, you know, hanging out. I was going to watch my show. It's like, oh, I get it. I get it. You're watching a Real Housewife show. And if I come in here, I'm going to ruin it. I get it. I get it. All right, I'll leave. So. Poor thing. She tries to watch her shows, and I never shut the fuck up. I mean, she leaves me alone when I watch my stupid fucking hockey and stuff, so it's only fair. So now I'm out here. I'm doing this shit. So um, I want to thank everybody for fucking who built the goddamn stage out there and all of that shit. Um, Yeah, look at that. Look at that. I just got a text from fucking Josh. Mosh Adam Jayas, Josh Adam Myers. He goes, you fucking ripped it tonight. I have not gotten that text in forever. I want to thank Tammy Joe for uh, setting the whole thing up. She runs the belly room on a lot of, you know, some of the nights when, back when you could do stand-up in a comedy club, they set that all up. I know there's a lot of hard work involved. They made sure everybody was safe. And, uh, like, I was, you know, I was not in a, like, I don't know. When you got kids, they put you in a good mood. Um, but, uh, you know, professionally was not in a good mood. So, uh, I was definitely missing doing it. And I swear to God, if they had that fucking thing seven nights a week, I would go down there every fucking night. That's, that's how much I miss it. So I want to thank everybody too, for showing up, sitting in your fucking cars. I hope it made you laugh. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's the greatest, like fucking, I got a new baby boy. I got a beautiful daughter. I did two sets tonight in this fucking hockey playoffs. I mean, I, I'm in the best mood ever. Um, so anyways, and speaking just like my, my life couldn't get any better, I've been basically fixing up my little office man cave uh, thing here. And I got to give a couple of shout outs here. One to Dean Del Rey, who has all these hookups. Uh, I wanna th- he hooked me up with these speakers. He found me this like this vintage fucking AM FM stereo receiver for my record player, um, my turntable to make it sound better. And uh, I was listening to some Zeppelin and ACDC on this thing. And he hooked me up. The, the guys, I should say, that he reached out to and they totally hooked me up. Klipsch, uh, K-L-I-P-S-C-H speakers. These fucking things are the shit. I mean, I can't even turn this thing up a quarter of the way. And they, these things are like, they, they've been making them like handmade since forever. And they look like they're right out of the seventies. I'm telling you something, Don Cheadle's character would have sold in boogie nights. Things are the shit. And I got to rearrange some stuff so I can figure out, uh, where I can put them. And, um, you know, I think late night, I'm going to come out here. I'm going to watch a little hockey playoffs, you know, and I'm going to crank some fucking tunes. It's just like it's, I don't know, just little things like this. Music, hockey, making people laugh. It's just fucking awesome, man. And it's really great considering all the bullshit that, you know, 
It's another thing too. My buddy passing away. Um, which by the way, we're going to do the sickest fucking, you know, celebration and memorial show for the great Wayne Previty when, um, when, uh, when all this bullshit is over. Now I'm not doing it with everybody sitting in fucking cars. Uh, we're going to figure out where we're going to do it. And all the guys, I'm going to try to get as many guys from our graduating class of comics, um, Everybody that knew him and loved him, man. We're going to do a fucking... It's going to be a killer fucking show. There's going to be drinking. There's going to be pizza. The only thing that's going to be missing is, is hanging out at fucking Dominic's. Who's from Boston? Remember Dominic's. It's right across from uh, the Wilbur. Dominic's Pizza. That fucking great bar. You know, they had like, you know, all the the, the fucking... The bar flies up at the bar. And then they had like the little dance floor area. And then they just had the giant slice of pizza, too. You know something? That's a shame that Dave Portnoy, Barstool Sports, can't do a review of that one. It no longer exists because um, one of the things he says, the bigger the slice is usually poorer quality, which is so fucking true. But that was not true with Dominic's, dude. It was, it was an, an incredible. What it was was a great pizza, and it was just a ridiculously generous slice that they always gave you. So, um, I don't know. Look at a old Billy good news, huh? Extra, extra read all about it. Old freckles is in a great fucking mood. Um, yeah, but it's really bumming me out. I can't go to the funeral though. I mean, I just got kids and shit. I just can't do it. Can't risk that. And we need too much help. And then I have to come back and quarantine for fucking 14 days. Um, so, but all that's going to do is just make me make this night for him even bigger. And uh, he's just such a fucking great guy that everybody I talk to is like, dude, I am fucking in. I am there or whatever. I just have to figure out with everybody's schedule how to make it happen. Um, Probably do it on like a Monday or a Tuesday night and, um, you know, make sure the West Coast guys can get back there. And then I know all the East Coast guys are going to show up. So, Um, you know, it's funny, dude. You want to hear something crazy, like almost like cinematic so whenever I would go out, whenever I would head out with Wayne, right? I always, you know, Vinny Age, that was his nickname, right? Because he was, hey, how you doing? Which became Age, right? Uh, and he was half Italian, so we call him Vinny Age, right? So he'd pick up the phone, I'd be like, Vinny Age! And he'd be like, Billy Red, what do you say? What do you do? <laughs> That's how it always started. Then we'd go out, do a spot, and then start drinking or whatever. And then we would always end up, Nine times out of ten, we would end up at this jack-in-the-box on Coanga and Sunset. And uh, and I would always get the ultimate cheeseburger with ketchup. I forget if I told this story. And then I'd get the front. And I never understood why their ultimate cheeseburger doesn't have ketchup on it. I don't know why. It's a great fa- for a fast food burger. It's fucking great. But they didn't have ketchup, and I needed ketchup, right? So I'd get that, and I'd get the fries. And um, I forget what he would always order. But uh, I was reading this other comic that I started with, Dave McLaughlin. Said he'd always get the number six. So he'd get the number six, and then he'd always get the two tacos. And I'd always think, like, dude, you get tacos at fucking Jack in the Box? He'd be like, oh, dude, they're fucking good. You got to get the tacos, right? And I always just, for some reason, pictured them. Like, you know those hot dogs at 7-Eleven? I just pictured, like, these tacos sitting under these lights. Because, like, to me, it's like Jack in the Box is a burger place. And uh, now they're trying to get cute and do a little fucking 
taco bullshit on the side. Like if I want, you know, if I want a taco, I'm going to go to a fucking taco truck or taco stand. Right. So anyway, I was driving around and, uh, cause I was supposed to do a spot at the store Friday night. They had this way that they were working this thing out where it was like, you know, in, in the OR, the original room, um, when you're standing on stage, just to the crowd's left, the performer's right, it's this big window and that looks out onto the patio. So they were doing shows, I guess, where you would, the comic now stands behind the window, which, by the way, has autographs on it. You're looking through the autographs and then the crowd sits in the, on the, <laughs> out in the patio, you know, but I guess whatever. They got shut down because of some, some bullshit. I don't know what happened, right? Oh, running the goaltender. Oh, my God. What the fuck just happened? Vancouver runs the St. Louis Blues. Backup goaltender, Allen. Who's that, Barubi? Who's that fucking coach? What is, what is he going to bitch? Come on, man. You fucking love that type of play. That was your whole career. I respect it, too. Um, I think he lost an edge, though. What the fuck happened? Yeah, he just lost a fucking edge. Oh, and he went right into the fucking, used to be called the post. The crossbar in the post when I was a kid. Woo. Um, and that fucking Bennington dude, whoever, whoever the, whatever his fucking name is, that guy, they, they took him out. This is their backup. Well, he's all right. He's all right. He's all right. So anyway, so I'm driving around, you know, my spot got canceled. I'm feeling sad and shit. So I'm like, you know what? I call up my wife. I'm like, you know, what? I'm, you want anything? I'm going to Jack in the box. So I tell her the whole story why, and I'm going to go and I'm going to get the ultimate cheeseburger with ketchup in fries, I'm going to get those for myself. And then uh, is a tribute, a tip of the cap to my uh, now passed away friend, the great, late, great Wayne Previty. I'm going to get these two fucking tacos and see what this shit's all about, right? So I pull up to the Jack in the Box. It's like a movie. My friend is gone. I'm going to Jack in the Box as a tribute, right? To get the two tacos with my order. And I pull up and the Jack in the Box is gone. And I'm like, really? I mean, that's one of those universe things. It's like, dude, I get it. My friend's gone, but I can't do this here. And evidently it's been closed for a while. And Wayne actually heard about it. Because he used to go there with this other dude, Dave McLaughlin, right? Um, And they actually, like, that was like their spot, like... This is just where we ended up, right? And uh, I guess they're they're putting up some 21-story Art Deco-themed hotel there with a pool on top, parking underneath. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, you, know that, you know that expression, you can never go home? I never understood that. Like, what, I can fucking go home, but it just means you, you can go back, but it's not going to be the same. Um, by the way, I think the Blues are on a power play. I love it. That guy was bitching about the tripping. It's like you fucking tripped him, you know? I mean, they really, NHL refs do a really good job, I feel, about putting away their whistles in overtime. Like, you you almost have to fuck, you, you just got to do something really blatantly obvious. Um, but this is so fucking huge. It's such a fascinating series to watch because I watched the Bruins last year and, and the way, how physical the Blues play. It's like you don't want to get dragged into the deep water. You, you got to beat these guys in, in six or fewer games. So I feel like this is a must win for Vancouver. Um, I'm calling it right now. 
if fucking uh, if fucking whoever wins tonight wins this series. That's what I'm saying. Um, although they don't seem like they're playing as physical this year. Who knows? I have no... What the... Don't, why, why are you listening to me? Give fucking hockey analysis. I can barely skate. All right. Let's do some other reads here. Indochino. Indochino. Uh, having clothes that fit just right can be a huge confidence booster. How phallic was that first thing, huh? Clothes that fit right, right? And snug around your fucking junk. The lady can see which way your fucking schmeckle's hanging. Uh, describe any particular issue you run into when shopping for clothing. Uh, I fucking hate it. I hate the whole fucking process. I got to go in there and I got to wander through all these clothes that are made for young people. And, uh, you know, I got to try to pick something where I still look sort of in style, but not like I'm trying to look young. Um, oh, I'm sorry. It says wishing sleeves were a little bit longer, being a smedium, etc. You know what I hate? I hate buying belts. They're either too fucking big or too goddamn small. How about that? All right. Indochino was started on the belief that custom clothing shouldn't cost a fortune. Talk about the convenience of having clothing that fits perfectly at a right price. Yeah, that would be really convenient. You know what I like, too, is if you have it custom fitted, all right, now it's going to keep you in shape. Because that shit fits perfectly. And then if you, you know, if you come home and eat a frozen pizza like I did last night, all of a sudden you're, uh, you, know, you know, right where you tuck your shirt in, all of a sudden, you know, you're just in that little triangle shows, you know, where it starts to, to split the shirt tails right down there. Yeah, you don't want that. That's not a good look. A little happy trail sticking out. There's a fucking picture. Uh, with Indochino, uh, you can get made-to-measure clothing at fair prices, including suits, blazers, shirts, and coats. Uh, you get to customize everything from the fabric and the lining to the lapel shape and monogram. The choice is all yours. Your clothing is then made to your exact measurement so it fits you perfectly. Uh, the best part is Indochino suits start at just $299. Uh, all, customi- all customizations included. Uh, Indochino has showrooms across North America, or you can book a virtual appointment and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now, you can get an extra 30 bucks off any purchase. I love 30. Who picks 30? That's a great fucking original number. $5 off, $10 off, you know, 30 bucks. I like that. Off any purchase of $399 or more. At Indochino.com when entering Burr at checkout. B-U-R-R. That's Indochino.com. Promo code Burr. All right. Who do we got next here? Uh, Policy Genius. Uh, You know, with everything going on right now, a lot of people are asking if it's even possible to buy life insurance at all. Um, Yeah, it's a great question. Well, uh, the answer is yes, with an exclamation point. Uh, I'm trying to read this copy and look at every shot. There's two fucking saves right there in the blues. Uh, The answer is yes. It's still easy to shop for life insurance right now. And if you have loved ones, depending on your income, you probably should. Right now, you could save up to $1,500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policy. This is fucking great because I went out and got life insurance not using Policy Genius, and it was an absolute nightmare. All right, there's 50 million things you got to take. And this is like, you know, it's like you don't want to do it. This is like valet parking of getting uh, life insurance. Um, 
Right now, you can save $1,500 or more by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. When you're shopping for a policy that could last for a decade, for a decade or more, uh, those savings really start to add up. What is Policy Genius? It's an insurance marketplace built and backed by a team of industry experts. Here's how it works. Step one, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much coverage you need and compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. Step two, apply for your lowest price. Step three, Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance company. So if you hit any speed bumps during the application process, they'll take care of everything. Dude, it is such a fucking headache trying to get life insurance. So to have somebody go out and not only handle the red tape, but actually get you the best price, I'm telling you, this, this is something that I wish I, I, I used when I did this. Uh, that, anyways, that kind of service has earned Policy Genius a five-star rating across 1,600 reviews, uh, and across over 1,600 reviews on Trustpilot and Google. So if you need life insurance, head to Policy uh, genius.com right now to get started you could save fifteen hundred dollars or more by comparing quotes on their marketplace policy genius uh when it comes to insurance it's nice to get it right yeah i'm telling you if you got you got a wife you got kids you got a wife and kids you got a life partner whatever whatever it is you, you got to make sure they're going to be all right all they should be dealing with when you die is the grief of you not being there don't don't send them to the poor house huh Anyway, me undies. Oh, look who's here. Ba da ba ba. Me undies. Me undies. Watching all the fucking hockey. Ba do do do. Me undies. Me undies. Do you like that Asian snack called Pocky? It's got a little tuna and some crunchy shit. Get some fucking underwear. The up against her clit. It's nice and soft with the fucking model. I'll beat a bada bada boop. All right, MeUndies. MeUndies wants to talk about your underwear. Um, like, seriously, they have a lot of feelings about it and want to chat with anyone who will listen. So here goes. MeUndies just wants to feel, wants everyone to feel comfy as heck with the freedom to express themselves. Oh, the blue scored! Oh, my God! Vancouver is in trouble. Oh, my God. You got to put these guys. Ah, look at them. Look at them. They've all been there. They've all been there. They know. They know what's going to happen. Just like that. Isn't that fucking amazing? Just like that. The whole fucking series just turned around. It just fucking turned around. And these motherfuckers, these fucking Vancouver Canucks, who've never won a goddamn cup... It's bad enough they're a Canadian team that's never won a cup. They're also called the Canucks. So they're like Canadian times two. Canadian squared. I didn't see what happened. It looked like it was even strength. Somehow they got caught up ice. Or was that a fucking... Jesus, that guy was so in alone. It looked like a fucking penalty shot. Wow. That's huge fucking huge but i'll tell you what it's not as huge as the fucking softness up against your balls of me undies look at that look at that look at that fucking segue uh they make the world's soft world's softest undies in classic colors and fun prints like dino's and surfboards i was just reading about dino uh ferrari today enzo ferrari's uh son once fortunately died of ms um, incredible movie waiting to be made about Enzo Ferrari. Anyway, uh, is your underwear drawer something to be proud of or a little embarrassed by? 
how much more fun would it be to get dressed every day if you knew you got to pick from a drawer full of fun and adorable undie prints like orcas, bees, or cherries? MeUndies is serious about softness. No, like so, no, like so serious they scoured the world for the softest fabric known to man. It all starts with the sustainably sourced beechwood trees that magically turn from pulp to yarn to undies. Undies that kind of feel like heaven on your skin. Isn't it amazing what human beings figure out how to do? Who turns a tree into fucking underwear? Uh, you know who did? Adam. He did it first. Made some fucking me undies for Eve's. And what did she do? Huh? What did that fucking goddamn idiot? What did she do? After all her yeah, yeah, yeah bullshit, she goes right down and fucking bites the apple. Huh? For comfort from the outside, literally to in. Keep your undies drawer stocked with MeUndies, the MeUndies membership, a subscription that sends new pairs right to your door, plus get site-wide savings and exclusive sales. MeUndies has a great offer for my listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. This is a no-brainer, especially because they have 100% satisfaction guarantee. To get your 15% off your first order, free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash Burr. That's MeUndies, M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S dot com slash Burr, B-U-R-R. I got one more here, Stamps.com. Going back, take, send me way back. Stamps.com, back where it all started. Um, As we slowly adjust to the new normal, we still need to be smart about how we do business. Luckily, there's there's Stamps.com to make things easier. They've been able to keep their businesses running and avoid the crowds at the post office all from their own computers. With Stamps.com, you can print postage on demand and avoid going to the post office. Stamps.com also offers... UPS services with discounts up to 62% and no residential surcharges. You've heard me talk about Stamps.com. They've been sponsoring the show for over seven years now. And if you haven't tried it, what are you waiting for? Stamps.com brings all the mailings and shipping services you need right to your computer in the comfort of your own home or office. Whether you're a small business sending invoices, an online seller, shipping out products, or just working from home and need to mail stuff, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. Uh, postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere uh, you, you, uh, you want to send. Sorry. And like I said, with Stamps.com, you get great discounts to five cents off every stamp and up to 62% off U.S. postal services and UPS shipping rates. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money right now. My listeners can get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Burr, B-U-R-R, that's Stamps.com, enter Burr. All right, there we go. Um, hey, let's talk drums here for a second, right? I was watching this Nico McBrain, like, drum clinic and he's showing all of this cool shit. And I don't know who the fuck shot this thing, but I swear to God, I, 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 I want to say it was whoever directed Waterworld with Kevin Costner. You know those epic fucking shots they had where they were like, he'd be sailing one way and like the camera would be going the other way. They were doing that while he was playing drums, just going over and going back out into the crowd. And it's just like, I got it, buddy. You, you have a jib camera. 
He's playing where Eagles dare. I'm trying to see his foot technique. There's no, there's nothing on the to show what his foot looks like. And you're hovering over the top of it like, uh, I don't know, like he's playing a ballad. Why am I out in the crowd? I want to see how he does it, man. All right. Um, so anyway, I had, uh, I got busy and I got depressed last week with Wayne dying. So I kind of laid off the drums. It just wasn't what I wanted to do. So as I was telling you, I was creeping closer to the good times, bad times stuff. You know, the triplet lick. I was up to 85 BPMs. I was within 10 BPMs. I played it fucking, I got three in a row at 90. I was right fucking there, right? Oh, look at Ray Bork. He still looks great. He still looks fucking great. Um, What a head of hair, man. God bless him. Good for him. Um, anyway, I, uh, so I came back, you know, yesterday and I sat down and it's fucking hilarious. I was thinking like, I wonder if I can still play it at 85 BPMs and just that thought alone, all of a sudden I couldn't even do it at 75 BPMs, but I've been doing this learning, you know, through Davey Litch and all of that shit how to like relax in a good way it's just like doing comedy last night i was tight i had a bad set i got to do it some lady drove away in a little camry right and you know that's not what i wanted tonight i was relaxed i didn't give a fuck i had a great time nobody left from a prius to a fucking you know truck with a lift kit everybody had a good time so today i went down there i was just like you know what i'm feeling fucking good i'm relaxed you know who gives a fuck the goddamn metronome let me just play this have a good time and just look at this like the gym. You haven't been, you didn't go to the gym for, the, for a week, right? You're not going to be able to bench as much as you could bench. So just go out there, but just get a workout in. And I had a good time. And next thing you know, I was back up to 80 BPMs. Couldn't do 85, but I was fine with it. And um, I just, you know, when, when it comes to that part where he, uh, where it's, you got to do the lick like 10 times in a row. I actually, I don't know, I, I relax and I smile and I just think like, well, let's see how many I get. And whenever I do that, I, all of a sudden I get them all. But when I start thinking, yesterday I did 85, I got I to gotta do at least 86 today, then I can't even do it at 75. It's, it's fucked. Um, oh, Jesus. Who's here? Hang on a second. Somebody knocking at my door. What are you doing here? Hello. How's it going? I'm in the middle of recording. People are listening. This is an actual recording. Come on. Stop making a mess. Come I'm on. not. All right. You didn't tell me you were coming out. I would have grabbed the other freaking microphone. And look who's here, everybody. Hey, how's it going? The lovely Nia. Wait, Jeez. I thought you were wrapping up, so I thought I was sort of coming in towards the end. Oh, all right. Well, if you don't want to be on, that's fine. People love you, though. Well, no, it's not that. What are you doing? What are you talking about? What's happening? I was talking about um, trying to get better at drums and how in, in comedy. And last night, how I had a bad set. I was didn't remember my act, so I was a little tight. Didn't go well. People are driving away. <laughs> Tonight, I didn't give a fuck. It went well. And then the same thing with drums. If I think I want to do better than I did the day before, you just just that thought alone is enough to somehow f- mess with your internal self. And you don't play as well. Yeah. I was just talking about that. Oh, that's cool. 
I thought you came out here because you wanted to talk about the amazing documentary oh, that was recommended by one of my listeners, Tread, T-R-E-A-D, like Don't Tread on Me, on um, Netflix. On Netflix. It's about, I don't want to ruin it, but it's just, it's just. Well, it happened in real life, you know, it's, so it's not exactly like a spoiler alert, but we don't have to, spo- well, no, we, we can't. We can't, well, if we're going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in the news and stuff and, you know, oh my God, this movie, this is a movie where. Documentary. Documentary. The first 20 or so minutes, I kind of tuned out. I was like, you know, this isn't really my. Um, it's a white guy of a certain age. <laughs> In the middle of nowhere, he went out and bought a little piece yeah. of the American dream yeah, in a so town that you would never go to. Oh, that I would never, they would never want me there. They would stare at me like I was in a fucking zoo if I went there, if you know what I mean. So, but I have to say, so it's, this, it's a story about a man who uh, takes revenge on uh, this town that he lives in, this, these people in his town who are on his like list, his shit list, basically, and he goes through in this big, tricked out. We got to back up here. Death the, tractor. The, this guy. <laughs> this fucking guy. This fucking this, guy. All he wants to do, he wants to start this business, mm-hmm. and they go, "All right, well, you got to hook up." your business to the to the sewer it's like 800 feet or something like that it was all this money and he wouldn't fucking do it and he gets into it with the town he thought they were putting the squeeze on him he thought there was a he thought it was a good old boy network yeah he thought and that he was being he was not included in it and he was being sort of pushed out of it and he felt very slighted by the the men who were in charge of the the big companies in this very very small town and this is what's amazing he owned a muffler shop and he was the greatest fucking welder, and he could fix anything. The greatest fucking welder? He, like, that is, like, an understatement. Like, this man was, like, who knew, like, the, the, the skill and the absolute, like, villainry. That's what it is. It's like he's, like, a classic, like, superhero villain. Okay, what so she's alluding there? to what he ended up welding together when he <laughs> goes to take revenge on this town. So basically, he gets into with these towns, these townspeople, and there's you know there's this you know the big rich family that's been there, and and their claim yeah, been there for like ages and ages, like generations and generations. And all right, so they kind of like own the town. Right? So when he decides that he's going to take his revenge, what I loved was he gave him a chance. This guy goes out to California, he buys a fucking bulldozer. I forgot, and he has it shipped back. And where his muffler shop is, is it's right across the way from the, the, the rich family that sits on the board that he thinks is fucking with them. So he parks the bulldozer pointed at his rival's business, and he has a for sale sign on it. He tried to help him out, and they were into heavy machinery, and this guy was religious. And he was just like, you know, he gave him an opportunity to buy it, and they didn't buy it. And according to the recording was was then obviously God wanted him to do what he wanted to do. He also wanted to build a structure across from him that was going to produce a lot of like waste and stuff like that and like debris and things like that. According to him. And he would be right like downwind of it or something. So he just really felt like they were out to get him. Like there was all this like bureaucratic nonsense, red tape shit to get his business up to code according to what they decided. So he had just had enough and he made a series of tapes where he's just going on and on and on kind of like a podcast that no one listened to and <laughs> um until the end and then he 
fucking reeked. Wait, I'm, no, I'm long, long story I'm, short, yeah. he, he brought this bulldozer inside to his, he shut down his muffler shop. This guy had a little bit of money. And for a fucking year, he worked on this thing. For a year, he made this fucking bulldozer. He like, it was like he surrounded it, encased it in like, like metal with concrete. You, you couldn't shoot at this thing. This thing was, yeah. once it got going, it wasn't going to stop. It was completely bulletproof. It was completely like fireproof. It was like, they, like, it, he, he had like, this he had these cameras that he, so he could see where he was going. Cause you couldn't see him. And he had like this little, like this, this pressurized air to, to blow on it, to get the debris yeah. off. Yes. So he gets in this fucking thing, yes. drives across the street and bulldozes his oh rival's God. business. He doesn't stop there. He drives down the street. Cops are sh- on the main drag, the main drag of town. It <laughs> just like just it just aims for all the rivals. Everybody who shot on the everyone who sat on the fucking board. Yep. He bulldozed all their businesses. Yep. He was shooting at the fucking giant propane fucking gas, natural gas for the town. Thank God he didn't hit it. Oh my God. And what ended up happening? These guys jumped up on the tank. They were like, There's, "There has got to be a way to breathe." They threw some shot down into it or some sort of. F- fire they tried to shoot down you just could not stop this guy he was like an evil genius and what ended up happening was he ended up like listen you gotta yeah don't don't reveal you guys got i mean i said the whole fucking thing i I know even though we talked about the whole thing when you watch it it's even crazier than how we're describing it but like can i just say that that movie that documentary spoke to me in such a way that i just did not anticipate like the catharsis of watching him in this, like, that's what I mean. He's like a superhero. Villain. He's an anti-hero. He's he was an anti-hero. It was like it was like a it was like a yeah. bad '80s action movie that oh, was real. Yeah. He even had a catchphrase. He just kept saying, "They messed with the wrong guy." Yeah, that's an '80s. It was it was it was awesome. Yeah, it was really really awesome. And just seeing him just go and bulldoze these places, it was just like there's a scene in Bridesmaids when like Kristen Wiig's character is freaking out at the um the wedding show, the bridal shower and there's this kid watching her freak out and destroy things and she just keeps going so awesome so awesome i was like that kid watching it i just thought it was so amazing that i probably thought it was amazing because he didn't kill anybody but like i just it was so satisfying to watch him bulldoze into these buildings and watch them crumble all around him like Do you know when i felt that just oh my god you know when i felt that i lived vicariously through somebody was when russell crowe was in that hotel that time and he got mad at the person downstairs because they couldn't tell him how the phone worked and he ripped the phone <laughs> out of the wall and he went downstairs and he threw the phone at the guy who couldn't help him now i know you shouldn't do that but like how awesome he must have immediately regretted it but how awesome it must have felt <laughs> to literally the thing that you that they can't help you with to take that thing like how many times you want to take I want to take my laptop I've not wanted to do that but I just, to go down to the Apple Store and just be like that didn't work and just frisbee it into, <laughs> into them I wouldn't do it slice their uh, with it yeah no, all right it, Let, was just, it was just it was just awesome and then you know just the the white on white crime you know what I mean it's just you love to see it. It's just well, he was he was international. So yeah, it's oh my he was God. international news, yeah. and then Reagan died the next day, and he totally fucking yeah, cock blocked him. He fell out of the news cycle, and like that's the yes, exactly, and the ultimate, like the real disrespect. 
<laughs> he thought he was disrespected before. <laughs> he was disrespected even more after he died. Now, of course, it was a tragic thing, but like you, you have to watch it. It's like if you have ever had a feeling of that you wanted to take revenge on someone. Go easy in it. Let's not inspire people to do something. No, oh God, no. Yeah, no, right? Igniting all the incels and whatnot. But all right, let's, get, let's get back to something a little lighter other than okay. bulldozing everybody in your hometown that you don't like. <laughs> all right, here don't we, do that. Here we go. My girlfriend is guilting me into going to medical school <laughs> in Russia. <laughs> She's trying to ship your ass off. She's trying to get rid of you. Let me see here. Hey, Bill, love your humor. You're an absolute riot. Thank you. I am in a real conundrum. This guy's smart, huh? Conundrum? Who uses that word? It really doesn't take a lot to impress you. Huh? <laughs> when, who, who in your world says conundrum? It's not that, like, odd of an, a word for people to use. Like, people use, use it. be funny all the time. Use it in a sentence. Just casually throw that out there and just wow me with it. Go ahead. Wow you with it? Like, wow me with before? conundrum. I'm not going to wow you with it. I'm just going to say, well, that's quite a conundrum. That's all I got right now. I'm not going to wow you with it. Sorry. You know why? Because Jesus Christ. it's not Christ. a wow-worthy word, which is my point. Anyway, just keep reading. No, it wasn't. You, you, no, wait, you insulted me a little bit there, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to back your way out of that. I'm impressed by the word conundrum. There. Okay. I like it. It has drum in it. Almost sounds like condominium. Could have my drums in a condo, not deal with your fucking pain in the ass, you know? Sorry. So my girl, shut it. You wouldn't last a week without me. I lasted like 35 years without you. What are you talking about? So my girlfriend. couldn't go any further, is my point. It doesn't get any better than this. This is what it's like with you, constantly interrupting (laughs) me. All right. So my girlfriend is Russian-American. Her parents are from Russia. Her dad went to medical school there and wants her to go to medical school there, too. Uh, When we first started dating, the plan was for her to always go to law school, which is super convenient because the school is in the city where I live. All of this started to come into place. She got accepted to a great school, but now she's changing her mind about law school. Now she doesn't just want me to quit my job. She wants me, a guy with a communications degree who barely graduated college, to go with her to medical school and enroll as a student. Wait, she, you? Commun- I have a communication degree. You ain't going to make it through medical school. Although he did use the word conundrum. Wait, am I the dumbest guy with a communications degree? This is horrific. Um, I love her, but I told her no many times, and every time she guilts me into telling her, I'll think about it. Well, yeah, she's manipulating you. Don't do that. But then she hits me with the, if you love me, you wouldn't have to think about it to russia and go to medical school with me oh god no yeah how do you say go fuck yourself in russian (laughs) (laughs) the biggest part that makes me uncomfortable is that she said her dad will pay for it all and i know uh, no dude you don't want some russian dude paying for your education you're gonna owe him something Well, this sounds like the beginning of like some mob movie. He's going to expect him to marry his daughter and be a doctor and make a shit ton of money and have babies and shit. That's what he's going to expect. Yeah. Well, they're going to bury you out in the snow and they're never going to find you. The biggest part that makes me... Okay. uh, Fuck that. The biggest part that makes me uncomfortable is that she said her dad will pay for it. And I know anytime someone does a favor for you, they'll always ask something in return. I do... I do not want to do this, but I feel like I am in too deep to back out of the situation. You are not. You are not. The only way out is to 
fail the entry exam on purpose. There you go. No, that's the chicken Throw shit it. way out. Should I go through with it and risk my job slash savings? Should I go through with it and risk my job slash savings moving to Russia or fail the exam and break up with her? Don't take the exam and break up with her. Yeah, I know. Come on now. Come on now. Let's let's not be silly. You're not going to actually take the fucking test. That's absurd. You know, I read a great Pablo Escobar quote about lying. He goes, I never lie. People who lie, it's because they're afraid, and I'm never afraid. And I was like, wow. He says, when you lie, that means you're afraid. This guy is lying because he's afraid. He's afraid of the whole fucking situation. This is a great opportunity for you to go Pablo Escobar here. Pablo Escobar that shit. That's right. Get your balls. Yes. You know, back down in your sack where they fucking belong instead of in your throat. (laughs) And just say, listen, I'm not doing this. And she goes, well, if you really love me, you would. And I'd be, well, evidently, I don't love you enough. Nostrovier, however the fuck you say, cheers. Um, da idu. I don't know too much Russia. Oh, God. Yeah, no. Um, uh, yeah, how much Russian do you know? None. Okay. Um, all right. Spasiba. Huh? Spasiba or something like that. It was on Sex in the City. Never mind. I just remember Nostrovia. What does that mean? It just means cheers. Hmm. I know. <laughs> Any booze thing I know. Um, Would you ever go to Russia? Would you ever go to Moscow or something? Uh, yeah, I would, I would I love like, to go I there. I feel like it's not a good idea for Americans to go to Russia. Like, well, I, it always, I think the people... I feel like are, it's tense right now. <laughs> yeah, it's always kind of tense. <laughs> and just, but Russian dudes are fucking hilarious. They're great hockey there. players. They're tough as fucking nails. I mean, there's a lot to love about... Russian people. I feel like... They fucking beat yeah. the Germans all the way back to their goddamn fucking strudel, whatever the fuck it is they eat over there. I know, um, I know a Russian girl, and she is lovely. I know a girl named Karen, and, and she, she's the nicest person. Stop calling is, white women Karens. And no, and she's very... Um, no, she's really cool, and she's like has really good taste in music, and she's very sexy. I think Russian girls are sexy. I think that I like their accent. It's kind of harsh, but it's very much like, you know, like they're in charge. Sorry. Where is this going? <laughs> oh, want to bring her over sometime. All right. Man-to-man advice. <laughs> I think I just set up a fucking threesome there. Man-to-man advice to an 18-year-old from the Republic of Georgia. Any hot Russian girls hit me up in my DMs. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please don't. No, don't do that. Because those chicks are super smart. They're, they're playing it like we're in the varsity team. I'm mean, the JV team. They're on the varsity team. They'll no, come. my DMs aren't open, so it wouldn't work even if All you right. tried. Okay. Man-to-man advice to an 18-year-old from the Republic of Georgia, which I believe is in, like, it's east of, uh, isn't that east of, like, Greece? We had an Greece? exchange student in high school from the Republic of Georgia. <laughs> I have never hated how you started a sentence more ever in my life. You've interrupted me nine times trying to get through this fucking thing. I'm trying to get the momentum of this podcast again again. We had an exchange tune. You know, you sounded like Joe Piscopo back in the day when he would do Alan Funt. Where we thought it would be funny. If you did that on a first date, we would not be fucking married. Interrupt me with that long, slow speaking. The f- what, 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 who gives a fuck? Oh, my God. 
Sorry, people. She 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 gave birth about you know a couple months ago. She's still recovering. She's I breastfeeding. She's sure. exhausted. We have you sounded like you were like eighty years old. And our favorite song, ba ba da beep 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 ba da ba do ba da ba dee beep beep. What? I'm just... Why don't you go download a, a shuffleboard app? Fucking blue hair. All right. Oh my god. All right. Why are you being so mean? I'm trying to. Because you've been annoying me. You've been annoying. You 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 gotta get with the flow of the show here. You interrupted like nine times. All right. Hey, Bill, I need someone to give me an advice. An advice. I love this. I need someone to give me an advice. Oh, wait. It's time. Here we go. Here we go. Come on. Play it. What it's the- time yeah. for advice. Hey. Your host, Billy Burns. That's me. And I'm ripping off this melody from somebody else. I had some advice with an exchange student. Ugh. What is this? Oh, shit. It's more music. Night. Today, I told someone that I don't want to be their friend ever. What? Ever. Even thought... Wait. Okay. I love... This is broken English. Hey, Bill. I need someone to give an advice because I don't feel I have no one to talk to. All right. Today, I told someone that I don't want to be their friend ever. Even thought... We have mutual, even though we have mutual friends. I have been hanging around this guy for quite some time, and we've never got along, especially after he started calling me names and being disrespectful to me. Well, yeah, this is easy. Fuck this guy. Oh, he's a bully. Uh, We settled after a little quarrel, uh, but today he asked me if I changed my mind about him, and I told him no. Jeez, this guy is fucking relentless. Uh, My friends did not... Liked it, and everyone told me that I was wrong because he is our mutual friend. I don't give a, give a damn. What kind of friend? Listen, this guy's an asshole, and your friends are assholes. I don't give a damn about this guy, but I'm afraid my actual friends will stop contacting me as I am leaving my country to study abroad. Uh, these are the guys I grew up with. I don't want to end my time with them on a bad note, but I fucked up because I did not said a lie and did not told that fucker that we were good. All right, help me out here because I did not s- say a lie and why, did not. Because was... okay. this is fun. Yeah. Plus, I've always had a problem with contacting other men as I grew up without a father and had no one to mentor me how to behave and what is right or wrong. I'm asking you what would you have done in my place and what should I do? Should I have said a lie or the truth in this situation? What, that you like this guy? No, if this guy's being an asshole to you, fuck this guy. And if your friends, if you told your friends that he's been an asshole and they're still saying you need to be friends with this guy, then your friends are assholes and studying abroad is a great way to go get some new friends. P.S. You got some fans in the Republic of Georgia. Well, I'm a fan of you for fucking listening. God bless you. That's that's my advice. What do you say? Uh, What say you? Yeah, totally. Would you say this is a bit of a conundrum? I would say that's a bit of a conundrum. But yeah, I think it sounds like you need a whole new set of friends. Yeah. I think you got to go fuck all you guys. I'm leaving the Republic of Georgia to go study abroad. When I come back, you guys are all still going to be here. <laughs> you're all going to be, you're all yeah. dead to me. <laughs> yeah, you're all going to still be here. 
giving tours of fucking Transylvania, and I'm going to be in fucking medical school. Um, all right, joke trouble with my lady. Hey, Billy Big Brood. Hey, that's cool. I only got two. I don't have a brood. I think you need at least three to have a brood. Uh, congratulations on rounding off the family with the sun. I was talking about how he's smiling now. Oh, my God. Big smiles. He's so beautiful. He's a, he's a good-looking dude. I'm not yeah, going to lie to you. He really is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now you have the full set. Uh, I love the podcast, and it, it especially kept me going during uh, lockdown. So thank you for keeping it going. Me and my lady... Just got engaged. Congratulations and moved in together. She's beautiful, funny, clever, and has a heart of gold. Uh, And she's black. This is important later. Uh Uh-oh. Here we go. Um, Oh, the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. Um, So I I love her to death, but she does leave shit on the stairs all the time. Shoes mostly. And I tried to diffuse this with the joke, which went badly. And I wanted your opinion on what if, on if I'm doing uh, what I'm doing wrong. Okay, so I trip over a pair of her shoes as I'm coming down the stairs, and yelled up to her, "Really? Thirty years after Ghost Dad, and black people are still leaving shit on the stairs." I don't get that joke. I don't either. I never saw that movie, but okay. Oh, you know what? You went you went too ex- ob- obscure. It went down like a wet fart, he said, and the rest of the day was a bit frosty. Uh, it is, is it down to me being a white guy saying it, or is it the Cosby reference that makes it seem worse? It's a double whammy, my friend. <laughs> you not only try to, hey, have black people doing this, which is already, eh, you got to be careful with that. Yeah, and, yeah, it depends on how you guys joke. And you had to throw in, a, yeah, a Cosby reference. Ooh, or he said, or is it just flat out not funny? If I'm no stand-up, but I... Okay, I'm no stand-up, but I thought at least it merited a courtesy laugh. Uh, best to you and your family. Keep doing what you're doing. I think he could have got away with it if they have a playful relationship like that. But right. then he, you got to kind of say shit like that in like a stupid accent. You, you, if, like if he went like, uh, what, what did he say? Let me try to make this funny to you. Yeah, I know. But the thing is, I don't know. Really? 30 years after Ghost Dad, black people still live? <laughs> See, you laugh because it's fucking stupid. Because now it sounds like I'm, I'm clearly joking. Yes, yes. But if I went like, really? 30 years after Ghost Dad and black people are still leaving shit on the stairs? And then it doesn't work. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's you got to be silly. That's true. Just buy a, a nice bouquet of flowers and say, I'm sorry for my stupid and sensitive joke. It won't happen again. And just just move on. Just play her this. What is like, but what is that reference though? I never saw Ghost Dad. That's the thing. People might have seen Ghost Dad more than I thought, but like, I, no. I assume it, he's dead, but he's still around and only his kids. Maybe he out. went down the stairs, he tripped, and then he became a ghost, and then he was Ghost Dad. <laughs> I'll tell you, Bill Cosby could do a TV show like nobody, but that guy could not pick a fucking movie script to save his life. Ghost Dad. Did you ever see Ghost Dog with Forrest Whitaker? Do you remember that movie? No. Did the dog bump his head in the doghouse and then become a... No, no. Ghost Dog. Something way of the Sam. I don't know what it is. It was a good movie. Anyway, move on. That went over about as well as that guy's joke. I know. I know, right? What's the matter, huh? That's it. (laughs) You, you, You know, you just... You're, you're your new mom. You know what I mean? Like you should you're see how tired she is. You're all over. 
I'm not. I'm trying to have empathy. You're tired. I thought I was up. I thought I was up here having a good time. No, you're having a good time. Crashing me. You know, I just was. We you know. had an exchange students. <laughs> you sounded like an old white lady named Ethel. <laughs> Literally, during that whole, as you were trying to like, you know slaughter your way through that question i was picturing that kid like he was the one asking for advice like what if that actually was him who no it's not he would be like my age and he wouldn't be dealing with that at at that age right and plus it was from an 18 year old that question yeah i don't know what you're talking about What, What, what are you talking about that one man to man advice to an 18 year old oh 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 anyway um, no, that was a woman. What? I need to talk to someone. That's that's uh, the man to man advice. I thought that was a woman. No, it says man to man. Where did you think a woman was in there? And he said he didn't have a like a male figure in his life, so he didn't have anybody to tell him. Oh, I thought this was some guy hitting on a chick. I'm an idiot. What? <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I still stand by it. Fuck that guy. Yes. Ultimately, still fuck that guy. Fuck that guy and fuck your friends. That's because that sounded like a, that whole drama sounded like a chick situation. Like, oh my God, we're friends with him. So like, you have to be like fucking friends. With him. What are we doing here? Fuck off. Fuck all of you guys. <sighs> fuck all of them. Was that exhale? Like not liking what I was doing? No. I okay. Just, all right. I, th- I thought I, you know, geez. Yeah. All right. Fat wife won't let me work out. <laughs> 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 There's nothing funnier than just getting to the point what? and just being the truth. I don't even want to hear the question. I just love like the I mean that's like a one liner. <laughs> Fat life won't <laughs> let me work out. I love it. That's one of the greats of all time. Questions. Hey there, Billy Goat. Uh let's see here. Uh I have a problem and would like your hilarious opinion on what I should do. Me and my wife have been together about five years now and married for two. When we first got together, I was a young stud in my prime, in shape and crushing ass, left and right. She was in good shape too. I used to work out four to five days a week and life was great. When we got married, she didn't like me going to the gym because she says I will leave her for a fitness chick. Mm. Oh, the insecurity. All right. I got, uh, I got to the point where I had to get her a membership so we could go together just so I could have my joy of pumping iron. Uh, but she only went four times and stopped going. Pumping iron. Pumping iron. You got to do it. This guy's an old school guy. Pumping <laughs> iron. Say, people still say pump. But he was probably. Yeah, he says it, iron. you know. You know, doesn't, uh, doesn't some of your older relatives call people jive turkeys? Huh? Uh, uh, do I got to watch Ghost Dog? <laughs> <You gotta> fucking. <laughs> My shoes on the stairs, whatever the fuck that means. What does that fucking mean? I just love. I gotta. I gotta mean? tell you. I gotta tell you something. It's as so a comedian, random. But as a comedian, I respect the balls of an obscure reference. She probably got offended me. Like what? Because it's it's Bill Cosby. We all saw the fucking movie. You think I saw every black movie that's out there? Fucking asshole. <laughs> I think she's just, maybe she's really into movies and she's fucking offended that you think that, you know, that she would go watch that pile of shit. Oh, my God. All right. So, anyways, now we just. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Just real quick. Just before we move on. 
I do find that like white guys do have the most random fucking movie references ever. Like nerdy white guys have the most random. They're throwing it out there like everybody knows it. I do feel now. Like do you feel like do you feel like it's it's isn't some of it random because maybe they're watching really white shit that you wouldn't watch because I think because uh, I kind of get you know like you every once in a while like you know. Some of your your uh, your peeps will be over our house, and something will come on that I've never heard of, and you guys go fucking nuts like right. it's like Frosty the Snowman. Every year I would watch this shit. I was I have no idea what it is. So maybe uh, maybe there's yeah. some of that. Anyways, I don't want to get into that guy's fucking <laughs> quagmire, huh? Conundrum quagmire. We're using all the uh, the big ones. All right. Anyways, now we just had a baby. Now we just had a baby girl. Congratulations, Congrats. and we're both tired and out of shape. I want to get back into the gym and get rid of this dad bod, but I can't because she guilt trips me saying I could help with the baby instead. Uh, instead of wanting to get in shape, also, she always says I'm going to get ripped and leave her for a skinny girl in the gym, and it annoys the shit out of me. That is annoying. Yeah, the- but you feel really insecure like after you have a baby because it's just your body. It's like you, they don't prepare you. For what childbirth does to your body. I know, but she was doing this shit before. Right, but she's like moving out. But no, I'm not saying that she shouldn't, he should, they should get a babysitter so she can work out, so they can work out together or whatever. Yeah, but he already tried that and she only went four times. So now like, you know, listen, I've lost three friends this year, two heart attacks and a stroke. Like what this guy's doing is actually like going to prolong his life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't want to have a kid with a guy and then he drops of a fucking heart attack. I mean, what are we doing here? Um, anyways, instead of wanting to get in shape. Uh, OK, I read all of that. What should I do? I don't want to give up working out, but I also don't want to feel. Be it un, un, feel unsupportive as a husband. Keep up the good work. Congrats on the baby boy. I mean, no, see, his, his heart's in the right place. I go know, to the fucking that's, gym. That's really hard. And you know what, though? You have to go to the gym, though, because it's what you feel, what makes you feel good. And, like, she'll get over it. She won't take it personally. Just, like, just have her, her blow you before you go to the gym. Oh, then she can relent. What? That's a good... No. Just give her extra hugs and kisses and tell her she's beautiful and tell her she's a great mom and you'll help her out like whenever she needs it and she'll get over it. Like she's just no, no. take your dick out and be like, Do you want to hang on to this? Huh? <laughs> you see this? You see this? This is gonna walk right out that door if you don't let me go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah, you got it's just sensitive right now. It's a very sensitive time. So you have to be But she was sensitive before too. Yeah, I know. And it might not, who knows, it might be a bigger thing. But for now, just like, but you should still go to the gym because, you know, you need to get your stress out and all that other shit too. So good luck with that. Good luck with that. All right. Uh, Underrated Arabs. Oh, God. What? No, I mean, it's not bad that they're, uh, yeah, I don't know where it's going. I just judged it by you really underrated did. Arabs. Well, I mean. Hey, you know what? I think that bad. Exactly. See? That's you how you heard it. But that's how you heard it. No, but you did. That's not how I heard it. That's not how I heard it. I was like, oh, great. This is going to be something complimentary considering the beef we've been having. <laughs> I mean. Since since nine eleven, This is this is some positive. Sh- I like, let's bring people together. Oh, God. Underrated. All right. No. Hey, hey there, Red Bildo. Uh, I am a 21-year-old guy from Saudi Arabia. Um, wish to know if you plan to include us in your next tour 
Our government pays good money for entertainment. Well, what are the parameters? Mm. I just want to make sure I ain't going over there and all of a sudden I say something, you know, the, the wrong fucking thing and then I get in trouble. I, I, don't, I don't need that. What country was I in? Where you, you, I think it was Singapore, where I was just going like, oh, fuck, man. They, you know, you, know you, you spit gum out on the street, they fucking beat the shit out of you with a goddamn <laughs> fucking nearest tree or something. Um, he says, anyways, in the last five years or so, I watched a considerable amount of movies and TV shows and came to notice that there's a stereotype you Westerners, you Westerns have about us, which is that we're either illiterate fucks who live in the desert Tending our camels and thinking about blowing your country, blowing up your country, not blowing your country, or that that we're buried in money and don't have any problems. Dude, I got to be honest with you. The second you said you were from Saudi Arabia, I just pictured somebody vacationing in London, shipping his cars in one car and in one plane and himself in his private jet. Right. Yeah, no, there is like definitely and, that, that stereotype of like the Saudi prince that's like, yeah, spending money. But like I, I never I never thought the illiterate thing, though. Car- yeah, no, I never thought that. But yeah, you definitely have this idea of. Yeah. Oh, I and I have the feeling that if I go over to the Middle East as an American, that we just we've just had so many fucking, uh, you know, not good back and forths over there that I'm going to get the fucking ass kicking that they want to give our last three fucking presidents. Um. Anyway, uh, and I want to squash the stereotype by saying that we live our lives just like you. I myself come from a middle-class family, and I study energy engineering. This is such a great fucking email. I'm glad this came in. I listen to Western music and am familiar with the bands and love the Beatles and Zeppelin. I watch the NBA and even like the Celtics. Ah, this fucking guy's great. The Sellies. My friends and I hang out in cafes or whatever, and we try to pick up chicks. No, the, of course. Yeah. The, the only difference between us is that you probably do these activities while drinking alcohol uh, when we drink drink coffee or any kind of soda and that I have hair and you don't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Please continue, consider touring here. Wouldn't miss it. Go fuck yourself. Well, you know what? I mean, that's a nice email. that is a great email. No, that's really cool. Yeah. All right. No, that's a, that is... That did make me think, didn't, didn't we have that experience in London? Not of like Saudis specifically or anything like that. But wasn't there something when we were in London one time and there was a bunch of cars, like really luxury cars that were just going down this one main drag? Oh, no, it was hilarious. Or those were, those were the events. princes. The there princes were over there. Going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were just kind of, it was this whole parade. It was like a display of beautiful luxury vehicles that were just Dude, lining the street. Okay, you want to know what really happened? It was a bunch of rich princes in in Ferraris and Lamborghinis driving like in stop and go traffic, just revving the engines. And they're loud as shit. They really getting anywhere fast. And they had all these like wraps on on the cars and shit. And I, I was, was I was walking up the street, and as they were revving the engines, like loud as shit, <laughs> this English woman just goes. Ah, stop it. <laughs> it was hilarious. The old British bitty. Yeah, they were showing off. They, 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 I, believe, I believe your people call it stunting. Um, all right, now I'm in trouble. I should have said it. I said it with the next. Ghost dad reference. We're uh, good. 
Ghost Dad. I mean, that is fucking up there. Hey, tell everybody how great my new hi-fi stereo is. Oh, it's great. It's got uh, highs and it's got fives. Oh, fuck you. All right. God bless you. All right, everybody. Um, well, you know, I would love to tour a bunch of places. If, you know, they'll, they'll once the COVID cure comes, I'm ready to go. I had a great set in a parking lot tonight, and I'm excited. I'm excited. This takes me back to the old days, man. Made no money. It's a bit of a hell gig. I was able to get myself through it. It's fun. I'm make- happy you got a chance to do stand-up. I know you've been missing it. Yeah, I did. I, I did. So, all right. That's the podcast, everybody. Uh, God bless you. Go fuck yourselves, and I'll check in on you on Thursday. <laughs>